0: Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. We took a little bit of a break over the summer because our team at Clayton King Ministries has been running our annual Crossroads Summer Camp. So that means we've spent six straight weeks this summer serving students by helping them feel loved and sharing the gospel. This year, we celebrated 26 years of doing summer camp. We served over 87 groups from nine states, 3,000 students and leaders. We saw 650 professions of faith, 300 commitments to serve in ministry, and we raised $25,000 to support missionaries overseas. That means we took up $25,000 from teenagers and from student leaders to support people in overseas missions. These things are amazing, and I'm not usually a numbers person, but I think unless I tell you some of the numbers of what we've done, you don't quite understand the scope of what we do every summer. Each day of camp, we have two services, which include times of worship through praise and preaching. The messages are always so inspiring, so this year I'm creating an entire podcast season so that you can hear some of the messages which I know will encourage you. And when you find them inspiring, I want to ask you to do two things. First, share these podcasts with your friends, family, and people who you think will benefit. Secondly, we have our annual winter conference in Gatlinburg, Tennessee for students where you can hear many of the same speakers from this podcast season. The dates this year are January 14 through 17, 2022. So if you're a youth leader, a student, or even a parent with teenagers, we would love to have you. You can sign up today at crossroadswinterconference.com. And if you mention Overcoming Monday when you register, you'll receive a special gift. Also, if you're interested in having Clayton or Marquise or Jacob or me come and speak at your church or event, you can visit ClaytonKing.com forward slash speakers and fill out our speaker request form. That's ClaytonKing.com forward slash speakers. So enough with all the information and now let's get to the podcast. Whitney Sullivan is a professional communicator for WLTX-TV in Columbia, South Carolina, but she is also an inspired communicator for Jesus. In this podcast, one of my favorite people, Whitney Sullivan, preaches an engaging message on how to fight unhealthy comparison. My favorite quote from this message is, Don't let your food get cold staring at someone else's plate. Don't lose focus on what the Lord wants to do in your life because you're focusing on someone else's. Wow, those words are so convicting. So let's get started.
1: All right, so before I dive in, I want to do something that one of my favorite middle school teachers used to do with all of her classes to make sure that we were all on the same page. So when I say get it, you're going to say got it. I'm going to say good, and you're going to say all right. So go get it. Got it. Good. Oh, okay. Y'all are on it. So let's start from this side. Okay. Get it. Good. Okay, they really set the bar there. All right. Over here. Let's do it. Get it. Good. All together. Get it. Good. A little faster. Get Get it. Good. Get it. Good. Get it. Good. All right. Now get it. Got it. Good. All right. Get it. Got it. All right. Get it. it. Good. All right. Okay. So we're on the same page, right? We got it. All right. So, all right. In March, I celebrated a major milestone, y'all. I turned the big 3-0 And I know what some of y'all are thinking, 30 is not old, let's just kill that right there, okay? I feel like I'm living my best life, I feel like I'm in my prime, I really feel like I'm thriving. But I have to be honest, uh, six months before I turned 30, uh, I was not feeling it at all. Um, I remember I'd talk on the phone with my mom about being 30, returning 30, and I would complain about it, or I would be literally on the verge of tears and in all seriousness, I was dreading turning 30 so much that I can almost feel myself kind of slip back into depression. And here's why. I felt like I was a failure compared to everyone else and that 30 was only going to magnify that. I mean, I'm looking around and I'm seeing all my peers and all their accomplishments. And I'm like, well, I don't have all of those awards and all those recognitions. I must not be good at my job. I'm on social media and I'm seeing women around my age, they getting engaged, or they're married, uh, or they're married with children. No rock on this finger, real single. Um, Don't laugh at me, okay? Um, Or, you know, I would hear people talk about their relationship with the Lord, and I'm like, man, maybe I should be further along in my walk with Jesus than I am at this age. And then on top of all of that, you know, when you turn 30— You're supposed to do it big, that's what society says. I mean, I used to see people have like these big blowout bashes, these fancy dinners, folks are taking international trips. Me, yeah, that didn't happen. Not because I didn't want to, but because we were in the middle of a pandemic. So basically I felt miserable and I was tearing every aspect of my life apart. Absolutely every aspect of my life. And then I got a phone call from my dad on my birthday and he says, happy birthday. You don't need to regret anything. I am so proud of you and everything that you have accomplished. Girl, you got it going on, you are so blessed, and you don't even realize it. Now, let me tell you why that phone call was so special. Because at that time, my dad was in jail, and if you know anybody who's incarcerated, the thing about it is you can't communicate with them as often as you want, so my dad had no idea about the fears and anxieties that I had about turning 30 but he was able to directly address it. And I genuinely believe that our heavenly father used my earthly father to speak into me, to give me life and to tell me that I did not need to fear that age. And that's so big. And instantly, y'all, the tears that I shed mourning the life that I thought I should have at that age turned into tears of joy because I felt overwhelmed with gratitude because of all the things that the Lord had blessed me with. And when I think back on that time, I realized the reason I was struggling with all of those negative emotions is because I was caught in the comparison trap. So for all my folks out here who like to take notes, I see y'all with y'all's notepads out, I love it. The title of this message, very, very simple, it's called The Comparison Trap. Get it? Good? Put a little, little extra something on it, all right, all right, say all right. There we go. Now, I refer to this as a multi-generational struggle. Uh, Everyone from little kids to adults in their 60s, 70s, and 80s struggle with this. Now, let me put this out here. Comparison is not always a bad thing. It can be a source of motivation and growth. But far too often, I see people, without even realizing it, cross the line from comparison being a source of inspiration to comparison being a source of self-doubt self-sabotage, and self-loathing. In fact, research shows that comparison breeds feelings of envy, low self-confidence, and depression, and it hurts our abilities to trust others. So if you're listening to me and you're starting to be like, yeah, I know what she's talking about. I struggle with comparison. I struggle with jealousy. Know that this message is speaking directly to you and is for you. And so what we're going to do over the next couple of minutes that I have with you is we're going to dive deeper into comparison, but we're also going to talk about how we can fight this with the help of God. Get it? Good? Yeah. All right. So the first point here, unhealthy comparison will never allow us to be content. Unhealthy comparison will never allow us to be content. Why? Because it fuels our insecurities. And you know what makes it even worse or what can make it much worse? Go ahead and tell me. I know some of y'all know, what can make it worse? Yes, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, social media, that can make it much worse. And I mean, it's easy to understand why you'd feel inadequate when you're constantly comparing yourself to the perfectly edited version of someone else's life. Now, let me just pause on a message real quick and here's a little side note, a little addendum, a little footnote. If you're taking notes, a little asterisk to the side. What we see on social media is a piece of someone else's life, and that piece is carefully curated, edited, and filtered. You really have no idea what other folks have going on in their life. So remember that the next time that you get on Instagram or TikTok and start comparing yourself. Now, here is a red flag that you might be victim of the comparison trap. You spend more time counting other people's blessings than you do your own. One more time. You spend more time counting other people's blessings than you do your own. So my dad once told me when we were having a conversation about jealousy and envy, he said, honey, honey, yeah, I can't get that low. He said, don't let your food get cold staring at someone else's plate. You want me to say that again? Okay. I see you clean. I hear you. Don't let your food get cold staring at someone else's plate. We get so consumed with social media and what everyone else has going on that we forget about the plate full of blessings, the plate full of abundance, the plate full of grace and mercy that is right in front of us. I want to put this verse up. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Now, in this one verse, the word you is written four times, and I just don't want us to go over that. Our God is intentional, and I believe he is purposely doing this to clearly communicate that he has immeasurably more for us, a plate full of promises that he is ready to fulfill. But don't lose sight of what our Father wants to do in your life Because you are more invested in someone else's. Get it? Good. There we go. Next up, second point. Comparison is not an accurate or reliable tool to measure your worth. We should never try to determine how valuable we are based off of what someone else does or does not have. Here's the issue with that. Uh, you'll either think too low of yourself because you're like, man, I wish I was more like this or more like that. I wish I had more of this or more of that. Or the other side of the coin, you might start thinking too highly of yourself and say, oh, I have more of this and more of that. I have more of this or more than that, which can be just as dangerous. But either way, our God-given identity, God-given identity will almost never line up with how we perceive ourselves based off the way we size ourselves up against somebody else. Our God-given identity will never match up with how we perceive ourselves based off of when we compare ourselves to somebody else. It never will. So let me ask you this. When you're comparing yourself, when you're invested in other people's life, what does that give you? It doesn't make you feel good. So we have to understand that the only thing that we should be basing and building our worth on is this right here. God's word and what he says about us. Get it? Good. Unhealthy comparison will distort your view of God. All right, so this is something that I have deeply struggled with for years. And there was a specific time in my life where I was praying and praying and praying, you know, Lord, please heal my dad from addiction. I was praying that he would heal my mom, her back. So my mom has really bad back issues, so much so that she can't cook, clean, go grocery shopping, go to the movies, eat at restaurants, like the things that we take for granted. She can't do any of that. And so I'm praying and praying, and prayer is not being answered. And I'm like, looking around, And I started comparing my unanswered prayers to what I perceived to be everybody else's answered prayers. And I started to get jealous. I started to get a little angry at God. And so I was like, all right, so this is what I need to do. Maybe if I'm good enough, God will heal my parents, right? So I thought I could earn his love and favor by doing more good works. And slowly but steadily, This intimate father-daughter relationship I had turned into a distant, almost cold working relationship. Instead of me viewing God as a good, loving father, I viewed him as a boss who rewarded his employees based off of work and productivity, and that hurt, and I struggled with that for years. I was so consumed with comparing myself to other people that I could not clearly see God's character. I was blinded by comparison, blinded by jealousy. So much so that I could not see that he was a good, faithful, loving father. I could not see that he had protected my dad from so many things. I could not see that even though my mom's back wasn't physically healed, he was healing her spiritually. I could not see that there is nothing that I can do to make God love me more than he loves me right now in this moment. I could not see that God sent his son to die on the cross for my sins, the ultimate sacrifice. I could not see any of that could not see his character. But thankfully, I have some really good family and some really good friends, and they call this out of me. And with God right by my side, thank you, Jesus, he is so patient, with God right by my side, I started to do the work of freeing myself from the comparison trap. So I have a question for you before we move on. Do you see the Father clearly, or is your, or is comparison blurring your vision of who he really is? Get it? Good. There we go. Now, one of the Bible characters that I just love reading about is David. I feel like him and God were always vibing for the most part, like they were always on the same page. And one of my favorite examples of this is David versus Goliath. Now, listen, before you tune me out, because you have heard David and Goliath a million times, let me remind you that the Bible is the most relevant tool that we will have on this earth, and it will always be. You can literally read the same story a hundred times and get a hundred different Things from it, okay? You can read a story, in the way the Lord has designed the Bible from that one story that you've read a million times before, it will be able to directly speak to what you have going through, okay, or what you're going through. So let's jump into David and Goliath. Let me lay out some things for you. So David just been anointed king by God. Now, only a small group of people knew this, So in the town, everybody was still looking at him as, oh, that's David, that's Jesse's youngest son, or that's David, his brothers have gone off to fight in the war, or that's David, he's just a shepherd. That's where we're at. So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32. Now, right before this, let me tell y'all, Goliath was fighting on the opposing team. He was with the Philistines. David was with the Israelites. Y'all, Goliath was disrespectful. Oh, my goodness. Have y'all really read this? okay so disrespectful he was disrespecting the country he was disrespecting the people like did he just say that about my mama like he literally was disrespecting everybody and everything so then david rose up to the scene the only reason he's there because he's still a shepherd is because he needs to drop something off to his brothers who were at the army camp so david hears goliath popping off and is like oh we're not gonna have that around these parts okay all right so then David goes to Saul. Wow, that was a really animated version of what happened, but that's what happens in my mind. All right, so David goes to Saul, who was king at the time, and this is what he says. He says, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. So the king replies, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth, comparing him. All right, so David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping the father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So after Saul heard that, he was like, all right, go and let the Lord be with you. You know, you hear all of that? Okay, go at it. So then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic, and he tried walking around because, you know, he wasn't used to them. Yeah, it wasn't working for him. He said, I cannot go into these or go in these, he said, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. So then at this part, we're going to skip all it is, but I just need you all to know that David and Goliath were going at it. Okay, everybody was talking about everybody. That's what was happening. You can go check it out in the Bible. It's great. But we're going to pick up on verse 48. This is important. Lean in. So as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he slung it, struck the philistine on the forehead, then the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. Let me tell y'all something. I think that this story would have gone very differently if David got caught in the comparison trap. And I mean, nobody would have blamed him. He was just seen as the youngest brother, the shepherd, right? So it would have been very easy for David to say, oh, look at all these soldiers around me. I mean... I'm not equipped to go into battle, they have all of this training, I'm not ready for this, I'll let y'all handle this. Or he could've seen his big brothers and said, they're so much older than me, I'm just, I'm too young to fight, I'ma let them handle this. Or he could've sized himself up against Goliath and said, no, you can feel how you wanna feel, I'ma let that go, you got all this training. Or, he could've went out there in Saul's armor that was not fitting but said, you know I mean, this is what Saul does, so in order for me to win a battle, I have to go out in Saul's armor. But David didn't do any of that. He won the battle because he was confident in God and confident in who God called him to be. David won the battle because he trusted God and trusted in the abilities that God specifically blessed him with. It makes me wonder sometimes, how many more battles would we win if we stopped comparing ourselves to other people and started committing to operating in the power that we have as sons and daughters of God. For all my Christians out there, I'm specifically talking to you, how many battles would we win if we stopped comparing ourselves to others and started committing ourselves to operating in the freedom that we have as a result of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross? Those are the things that I have to ask myself and y'all, let's be very clear. Comparison, envy, jealousy, It's all a spiritual battle. And I don't say this to spook you out. I say this because I want you to be aware. I think one of the greatest tools that the enemy uses to try to make us doubt God and doubt who we are in God is comparison, is envy, is jealousy. And I'll be honest, I actually didn't pay attention to this that much until I read this book called Fervent Prayer by Priscilla Shire. And this is what she said. She wrote a chapter about identity and she says, The enemy will work to ensure that you never realize what God has given you, so you'll doubt the power of God within you. She goes on to speak about the dangers of this saying, we'll downplay our real strength, we'll hate our bodies, highlight our weaknesses, cringe with insecurities, and constantly view ourselves as less than by comparison with others. Hill, meaning the enemy, will diffuse our power simply by downplaying our true position. If he can get you to believe his lies, you won't feel equipped or entitled to stand up against him. That is why it's so aware, it's so important to be aware of the comparison trap and what that can do. Get it? Good. There we go. Now, what we're going to do is now jump into this time where we're going to talk about tangible ways that we can free ourselves from the comparison trap. And first thing, I'm going to go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off. I know some of you are going to say this. Get off social media. Oh, she said it. I know. Literally, get off social media. If you spend time scrolling on social media and by the time you get done, you feel less than or you start to feel feelings of jealousy, it's time to take a break. Why? Because our heart is so much more important than staying relevant in whatever's getting posted on social media. Now, for some of you, you might not need to get off of social media completely, but you do need to use that mute button, okay? Mute is one of my favorite buttons. I wish we had one for life, you know? So, here's the thing, let's say Sally and Johnny are on social media and you follow them. These are completely made up people. This is no shade to Sally or Johnny, but every time you follow them, you start to feel jealous. They're not boasting about their life, but you just start to really compare yourself to them in an unhealthy way. What you need to do is use that what button. There you go, mute them. Because again, our heart is so much more important than what is being posted online. Let me tell you about the type of accounts that I follow. If it doesn't bring me joy, if it's not gonna educate me, or if it's not gonna make me laugh, I'm not following you, and that's okay. Get it? Good. All right, next up, celebrate other people. Yes, see, she's celebrating already, okay? I think one of the best ways that we can combat jealousy is by genuinely celebrating other people. Because jealousy is me, 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 me. You like go into this dark hole of me. And what celebrating other people does is it reminds you to be compassionate, to care, to serve others. So genuinely celebrate other people. And I think one of the reasons that our culture and society struggles with this is because we operate in what is called a scarcity mindset. We're always scared that we're gonna, there's not going to be enough and we're not going to get our hands on it. We have to remember that just because God blessed someone else, it doesn't mean he's not going to bless us. So let me tell y'all, before I got my new vehicle, I was driving around in a 1997 Toyota Tacoma. She was like a white Toyota Tacoma, right? Old faithful, I called her Snow. But you know, Snow has some problems. Um, She was really loud. Like anybody could tell I was coming a mile away. Also, there was this thing, I don't really know how to explain it, but sometimes I would have to take soda and pour it on my battery because the cords were so corroded in order to get it to start. I don't know this like mechanical stuff. I don't get right, but she was old and dusty basically loved her but old and dusty And I remember on social media, you know I'm a little bit older and so a lot of people are buying their first cars, right? And I would look at all these people getting cars and instead of being jealous I would not only celebrate them But I was so excited because I knew that the same god that allowed them to be blessed in that way that blessed them in that way Was gonna do the same thing for me So instead of looking at people and getting envious of them, maybe we can look at the blessings that other people have and get excited for what God is going to do in our life. You know what I'm saying? Because let me tell you, I've been through this Bible and there's not one verse in here that says that God only gives out X amount of blessings a day. I promise y'all there are enough blessings to go around. Get it? Good. Now the most important of all of this, lean into God and his word. Comparison, jealousy, envy, y'all, those aren't new. They've been around for centuries. And I believe that God knew that we were gonna struggle with this. So he has put so many reminders throughout the Bible to help us combat those negative feelings when we start to feel jealous. So for example, when the enemy uses comparison to make you feel inadequate or make you feel like you're not smart enough, cute enough, talented enough, strong enough, have enough money, God reminds us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that his power is made perfect in our weakness. When the enemy uses comparison to try to create division, God reminds us to pursue things which make for peace and the building up of one another. When comparison has you feeling just so lonely and unloved, Romans says, I am convinced nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. So I wanna end with this. It's wise words from a very wise man, King Solomon. In Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse 14, he says, or he writes, I have seen all things that are done under the sun, All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Okay, you're like, what? What is he talking about? I have seen all things that are done under the sun, meaning been there, done that. I've done everything. He goes on to say, all of them are meaningless, all of them meaning material things and the things that we do to try to get them, a chasing after the wind. Y'all ever seen anybody try to chase after the wind? It would be probably strange if you saw that. But here's the thing about chasing after the wind, you're never going to catch it will always want more. We'll always want to be more like another person, but trying to chase after more is like trying to chase after the wind. You will never catch it. You'll never be satisfied with more. The only thing that will ever satisfy you, and I have built my life on this, the only thing that will ever satisfy you is Jesus. All right, let's pray, y'all. Lord, thank you so much that we don't have to strive to try to be like someone else or have more like someone else because you have made us intentionally and perfectly in your image. Lord, I am praying that anytime comparison tries to creep up in us, that your words remind us of who we are, and that we are more than enough. I pray that we learn to authentically celebrate one another. And I'm praying for the community of every single person in here, that when they're struggling with those things, that they have folks who will help call it, pull it out in their lives. Thank you so much that you are such a patient and understanding God, patient and understanding Father, who will walk us through this. We love you. We appreciate you. We are so grateful for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Well, I hope today's podcast gave you some little secrets for your big breakthrough. If you are inspired and encouraged by this message, don't forget to check out our Crossroads Winter Conference in Gatlinburg, Tennessee in January 2022. You can find information about this event on our Clayton King Ministries website. Also, our speakers would love to be a part of your next event or speak at your church. You can request a speaker on ClaytonKingLive.com forward slash speakers. That's ClaytonKingLive.com forward slash speakers. And finally, please let us know how this podcast has impacted you on our Overcoming Monday Instagram account. You can send me a DM or leave a comment. Thanks for listening. I hope I've given you something to overcome your Monday.